0: We've all, we all have past lives with war. Like we can all feel the the intensity, you know, even if we're safe in our homes and we don't have COVID and we don't have wildfires, like you can still feel that tension. And so we're kind of needing to draw from clearing out the trauma and really getting focused on the solution. How can we make things better for ourselves and each other?
1: Hello, hello. And welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss. And on the podcast today is Liliana Barzola, a renowned spiritual intuitive energy healer and the founder of Lotus Lantern Healing Arts. i So enjoyed sitting down with Liliana to have this conversation because not only do I think it's really timely, but there is so much healing that can come from transforming the fear and trauma of this moment, of this year, of of our lives really, and transforming it into compassion and empathy and healing. In today's episode, Liliana shares with us her gifts as an intuitive and energy healer. We talk about how energy moves and empowering ourselves by working with our intuition. This episode really goes like deep into past lives 101 and Liliana shares her top tips for working with past lives to clear trauma and understand our joys and our passions and the connection really between past lives, and numerology, and trusting the connections that you feel to a time or a place or or a person. Plus, we talk about how we can strengthen our energy field, why we carry guilt and shame in our body, transforming fear and trauma through self-compassion. Liliana shares her biggest dream and so much more. I really found there to be a lot of healing in today's new episode and I can't wait for you to tune in and can't wait to hear what you think. So make sure to join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. We are at Seek the Joy podcast everywhere. If you're on Spotify listening to today's episode, make sure you hit follow. If you're on Apple podcasts, hit subscribe. And while you're there, leave us a five-star rating and review. Ratings and reviews really help the podcast get seen by new people and share with the world what Seek the Joy is all about so when you leave that review take a screenshot and send it to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com and I'll send you a little something something to say thank you. You know, the more that I think about it, the more I realize we really haven't had a conversation yet on the podcast about past lives. And so I'm so excited to share this with you. There's so much healing that comes from working and understanding our past lives. And Liliana is wonderful. Liliana, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And guys, let's let's dive in. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Liliana Barzola. been an intuitive since childhood. When did you start, you know, noticing your gifts or or using them? When yeah, when did you start to I guess begin this work as, as an intuitive healer?
0: Oh, that is a great question. And thanks for having me on. It's really awesome that, that I get to be here today. Yeah. I feel honored. I'm so excited. So this is gonna be so much fun. So I was a real wreck. I was just really not a grounded person. I was just a giant satellite dish. And I really didn't know I was. Um, My mom did because um, she's from Argentina. And so there's like, a little bit more openness, I think, in Mm -hmm. like the Latino culture, there's a little bit more of like a history of and like, what is this kid that's so sensitive to all these things? And she makes these predictions and they come true. And it's kind of, but from an internal place, I didn't feel very confident or good about myself because I was picking up on so many things. Mm-hmm. And so if we kind of skip ahead, I would say that when I really recognized that energy was real and that I could sort of control my intuition, it was when I was working with um one of my teachers, and of course I had many teachers that gave me a little bit of a gradient of this every time. Um, but his name was Shirtsong Yang, and he was a Qigong master teacher. He was an acupuncturist in China, and he was really uh trained in a very traditional way, like growing up in the country and with the like local like country doctors and that sort of thing. And so he was an incredible healer. And so my mom had gone to see him when she broke her arm because she was a very feisty person and decided she didn't want to cast. <laughs> and, um, and so he was the only one who would treat her. And so he basically fused the bone together in about a week and a half to two weeks, you know, like x-ray to x-ray, they were going, wow. whoa, this bone is healed perfectly. And so I thought, okay, this is someone I want to learn with because up until then it had felt like energy work and intuition was sort of a lot more subtle. It was, I definitely felt a difference with, okay, I'm trying to make an energetic boundary with this person. And I'm telling them no, but I'm thinking about them all day. Mm -hmm. And how do I kind of balance the real differentiation or discernment from that person's energy and my own in real time for myself so I could kind of do my dishes and just be focused on me? But he brought it all the way to the physical realm of actually healing. And the thing that he would always say is when I would ask him, what is your secret? What is your secret? He would say, I help the body remember how to be well. So as he was working on her arm, he was showing the body this is what it feels like to be whole mm-hmm. over and over and over, holding that space. And of course, he was using Qigong and his energy to fuse things back together. A little bit like in Harry Potter, when you see them use the spell and it's like the arm goes back together. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, uh. I remember yeah. the process yeah. that she was in. It wasn't like painless. It wasn't like she was laying there going, oh, this is so relaxing. It was like, whoa, I can feel him in there. This is right. painful and yeah. hard, but so worth it in the end because a week, a week and a half later, I have a functioning arm, you know? So, um, so I really was inspired by him and he was one of those people, his chi was so cultivated and developed. So like to give you an example, a person who meditates every day, just 10 minutes, they begin to bring all that energy that they've externalized or given away to other people and they bring it into their body and they start to reclaim it and own it. And so Mm. they become powerful and that means that they have more well-being, more vitality. So he would essentially do that for five hours a day. You know, he would sort of like create this wellspring in his body. So he had more to give, he had extra to give. And so I began to work with him and understand, Oh, I can heal myself. I can, you know, hurt my arm. And then instead of holding it really tight, not wanting to breathe into it, I could sort of begin to run energy through the channel. And so that's kind of what I do with people. And most of my work has been remote for the last, you know, five years, not just with COVID. But um, I basically am tuning into where the person is and just finding in their energy field. So like their bubble around them, where is it blocked? And oftentimes it's like just a bad, scary picture of like some mean teacher you had when you were a kid. Like we move that out. And then it's like, oh, I can reclaim this part of my bubble. I can like live here a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then we can get down to the body and kind of see where are their blocks. And uh, and so the, the energy field really hooks into the endocrine system and the nervous system. So think about hormones and like your central nervous system. So you can imagine as you clear the outer layers, there's more function with the person feeling lighter and better. After a session, just mm-hmm. like you have good days and bad days, right? So, yeah. like you might have like a really great day, like God, today was awesome. Like I felt good and like I had fun and I felt really clear and good things happened. But what if you could control that, like your internal experience of well-being? Even if you get a flat tire, <laughs> even if someone yelled at you, mm-hmm. you can sort of like walk away from it and shake it off, or see the flat tire and kind of jump to. Hmm, what am i going to do about this instead of personalizing everything like i do sometimes <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it sounds like i mean what you just said reminds me so much about perspective um like how you choose to see an obstacle how you choose to see a moment of adversity it can either like totally take you out or you can see it maybe for what it is and, and use it as a jump start to empower you or to move you forward, or just to say, all right, this is what it is. And, you know, keep, keep yourself moving. Um, as opposed to, you know, that like narrative, we can start to tell ourselves like, oh my God, this is because of me. I made a mistake. Uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. You're
0: dead on. And what I would add to that, just another like nuanced bit is that if your energy field is weak, you have less of an ability to do what you just said. Mm. And if your body is physically weak, if you feel like anemic, you're like, you don't have nutrients, you're not eating well, it's hard. It really affects your brain and how you see things. And so- yeah, so your so that like component helps you be like zing zing zing. Okay, what's the next thing? Now it doesn't mean you walk around feeling jolly all the mm-hmm, time, mm-hmm. but just like you said, it's that perspective change.
1: Yeah, so interesting I think what you just said about your your energy field and I I'm curious how someone could begin to maybe strengthen that energy field because I know moments where I feel particularly vulnerable or upset or just not feeling good you know, everything becomes and feels more personal and it is more difficult to let things go, at least for me. So I'm curious, you know, if anyone is listening, how how could they begin to strengthen, strengthen that for themselves? Totally.
0: Well, first off, really being kind to yourself, that internal positive self-talk, because Mm. it is a really crazy time that we're living in. And there is an incredible amount of oppression that we feel and we experience And so like acknowledging those things, acknowledging that those things are real is a great way to get started. It's like, this really is happening to me. It really is hard because you begin to validate and some people get worried like, Oh gosh, you know, I shouldn't like validate my victimhood and all this stuff. But it's like, No, actually, it kind of helps you blow off a lot of steam and just really feel like you're seeing yourself, even if no one else can. Mm -hmm. That isolation feeling just beyond COVID, it's real. We feel separate. We feel like no one else understands what I'm doing, how hard I'm working, you know, you just pick two people in a relationship, and I can get them going. And it's like, well, you do this, and I do that. And I do all this, <laughs> right. you know, it's like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter if you're married, if you're alone in your house, whatever it is, so that ability to see yourself, to say hello to yourself to acknowledge, like, Ain't nobody gonna say like high five you you worked today you saw a bunch of people today you 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 cleaned your dishes but if you can begin to say that to yourself it's the beginning of energy running so energy running is like the energy moves through the body you don't close the channel you don't close it down and contract you expand and let the energy move through you so that's that acknowledgement of your strife your struggle no matter who you are pain is pain and then from there it begins to lighten. And that's essentially a meditation is that acknowledgement of this pain is real. I'm gonna breathe into that. And that presence, that ability to look and see the pain transforms it. It can't hang out anymore. It has to move. Mm. Now, someone who's had a loss, let's say someone they love has died, that's different, right? Because you have the pictures of the person and all of the things and you have to kind of hang out in that loss but you're going to come up for error, get a little bit stronger, go back and down into that loss. And it's all those gradients, all that back and forth energy.
1: It almost sounds like it's a process of acceptance because I think sometimes yeah. we we expect to get to the destination or we, get, we expect to get to where we want to be right away. And so it sounds like what you're saying is if we can accept the highs and lows and move through them and move through those days where you know it is more difficult or we are experiencing loss or um, for whatever reason, it's just a harder day and then also move through those moments where it's more joyful um, and maybe more celebratory and you had a good day and you're sort of embracing it, but kind of moving through that journey of those highs and lows and those ups and downs and kind of like putting your arms around it for yourself um, and knowing that that's part of it um, kind of the acceptance almost of of the in-between, you know, of, of where you are and where you want to be and, and where, you, where you've been.
0: Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. That's exactly what it is.
1: And I think what's so interesting about that kind of sense of acceptance is, for me, acceptance has been a practice in kindness. It has been a practice in um, patience. It's been a practice in trusting myself. Um, because I don't know. I'm very type A. I like just want to get to the thing like right away. Like I don't like this in between. I don't like having to wait. Um, but being able to wait, being able to be patient, it's just been such a practice of kindness and such a practice of trust and kindness because I have to, you know, redirect myself to not beat myself up and not get upset with myself. Like, oh, it's taking too long because you did this or you didn't do that. Um, so it's a very interesting
0: journey for sure. Absolutely. And I think Brene Brown's work on shame mm-hmm. has been just such a game changer for us. I mean, what has that been out, like 10 years or something? And At least, finally, yeah. <laughs> finally, someone put words to like the sort of shame that we feel um, that's sort of pervasive and it can be in every moment, the good and the bad. Um, and so I kind of how I talk to my students about is like there's guilt and denial. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of my words that I play with that it's so that that processing of the guilt and the denial that we've been programmed with. It's so heavy in our culture here in the United States to feel guilty or to deny and gaslight that something's actually happening. So when you and I are doing what we just talked about, your kindness to yourself, it's actually sort of burning off the guilt and the denial because how many people feel guilty when they feel good? Like you were talking about earlier, you know, like celebrating, you know, the good things. And it's like a lot of people can't feel that even when it's happening, there's still this, like, I can't fully bring myself into this joyful place because, you know, I, uh, I had shared with you that recently I'm on the West coast and, um, the wildfires were so, so, so bad that we had to evacuate. We were in an evacuation zone. And as I was escaping, kind of, you know, using my intuition and my wife as a risk manager. And so together our brains were like, we're not going to wait until it, it's one, two, and three, let's go yeah, now. Yeah. And so that ability to use our intuition, be calm, and go, we found a place. We were by the ocean. We were, um, some clients actually took us in on their property and we felt so grateful and we felt guilty that Mm -hmm. other people were struggling. Right. Um, and that's even with the feeling that our house might not be there. I mean, it wasn't like my life was easy. Right. But still I had guilt of, oh, who am I out here camping on this beautiful land when like all these people are in the smoke? Mm -hmm. And so that guilt, that denial, when I recognized that, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, hang on a second. (laughs) Like it doesn't help them to be in the pain with them. Just hold space, Mm -hmm. right? Just like send some of that fresh air that their way, you know, and, um, yeah, Oprah has this great, I just love Oprah. I'll never, (laughs) she has this great moment. I think it's Diane Sawyer years ago, maybe 20 years ago, asked her like, don't you feel guilty wearing those beautiful diamond earrings that are just so expensive and you could feed like how many villages with those diamond earrings. And Mm. she just said, no, because if I can do it, other people can do it. If I can raise above, if I can create beyond, what I've done and just blow my success out of the water. I wear these earrings holding space for other people with that mindset. Mm.
1: I think what you just brought up is something we're all thinking about in very different ways, whether it's you know, you got the promotion over a coworker, or your example of you've literally like had to run for safety, uh, because you're in the middle of these horrific wildfires, but then you're feeling this sense of, but what about everyone else who maybe doesn't have somewhere to go? Or those of us who, you know, have been quarantining at home and uh, you know, because of the virus and, you know, upset or distraught about that. But then, oh my God, there are so many people out there who are who are actually experiencing the virus, or economic loss, uh, or job loss as a result of the pandemic? And so, I think we all experience this moment in, in various ways, and it can kind of—I mean, not kind of—it can totally weigh you down and have such an impact um, on your own joy, but it's about holding, I think the duality of it to recognize where you are, but also recognize the pain or the suffering that someone else is experiencing, uh, to not feel that sense of guilt. I
0: think, I think that's where a lot of people are right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the other thing is we don't have to be in love with things. We don't have to love things. We don't have to send people love. We can just say hello to them. We can just say mm-hmm. hello to them where they are um, with their struggle because we don't know, we don't know what it is. And it's really hard right now because so many of us are traumatized by COVID. So you have trauma brain and then you're also like trying to take care of yourself and try to hold space for other people. And so now more than ever, that self-compassion is like a really important currency. I think so. I think it's so important.
1: We are truly in some unprecedented times. Um, and, I, it's, it's interesting to see how, even though we recognize that, because I've had so many conversations, both for the podcast and in my personal life, we all recognize this sense of we've never done this before, Mm -hmm. but and yet at the same time, we're expected to do everything we did before all of this. And we're expected to operate, you know, at the same capacity or at the same, at the same level. And I think it starts by having that compassion and understanding for yourself. And then when the person next to you, you know, may not be able to get to all the things they planned or whether it's at work or a friend, then you can show that compassion to others as well. But you're right. I think it really, really starts with yourself.
0: Yeah. And just recognizing that we are, you know, in a way in our country, we're at war with each other, um, there's so much oppression, then you've got COVID, then you've got global warming. And when you're talking about, Hey, I'm not going to walk around with the shame in my body. Mm -hmm. Um, which I think a lot of people feel sort of like, I need to hold this in my body because I need to remember or whatever it is. And you're kind of like, I'm not going to hold this in my body. It doesn't do the earth really any good if I hold this in my body. She doesn't need any more people walking around with shame and trauma in their space. <laughs> no, I think that's probably what contributed to the problem <laughs> <Just a laughs> to <little>. some degree, <laughs> just a
1: little. But I, what you just said, I think is, is really interesting. And it brings me to something um, that I, that I want to ask you, because you were talking about how carrying that sense of shame in the body. And I think we all carry shame, trauma, hurt, um, in the body, and with your work, you help it sounds to clear that to move that out, to move it out of the out of the energy field. so when you're when you're doing your work, how do you how do you see that energy move? and when you're working with someone, how do they play a role in helping to move that energy as well? Totally
0: well, I would say that it's so much of it is just saying hello to the person first. So in my work, just like I was saying earlier, instead of Oh, I love you and I'm gonna give you all of my energy. It's more like, whoa, you're you and I'm me, which is really important because mm-hmm. I don't know what that person's trauma is. Even if I can see and read all these pictures, I don't know how they fit all together. So I'm looking at a person's auric field, I'm seeing their pictures in their field, I'm seeing usually a lot of people in people's spaces. You know, it's kind of funny, but like we hold all that, the shoulds and the programming. Mm-hmm. And I should also start by saying, you know, the guilt and the shame that you carry is not your fault. It's literally Mm -hmm. an imprint when you were born that you grabbed as you came through to the planet. So there's this imprint of guilt and shame because it's sort of what we're trying to battle here. You know, we have a history of uh, shaming people instead of owning what is ours and clearly communicating. We tend to Mm -hmm. just shame and blame. So it's not your fault, first off. So really remembering that, like, you know what, it's just kind of like the thing we're working here on university earth. And so I'm going to just acknowledge that I would like to be done with the PhD program. I just completed on that. (laughs) And I would like to graduate out of that shame and blame and denial space. So that's number one, recognizing that it just permeates everything. You know, when you, when you say, you know, even, especially as a person of color, when you say like, someone said this horrible thing to me, I can't tell you how many times people are like, well, are you sure? Or like, How did they say it? Are you sure they meant it that way? Like there's just this energy of not being believed. And so uh, when I can recognize like, oh, all these people are programmed, they don't understand what I'm saying, then I can really take care of myself. So I'm looking at this person that I'm offering a healing to. I'm going, you're you, I'm me. I'm going to say hello to you as a spirit. So I have people say their names. It's a great way to get them to show up. So they say their full name for me three times. And then that's how I see them can kind of find where they Mm -hmm. are. And it's also like a collaboration and participation when they do that, you know, when they say their name, it's not me just going, okay, I'm going to find you now on my psychic map. It's like, (laughs) they say their name (laughs) and it's like, yes, I want you to see me. I give you consent. This is my consent to be seen because Consent is so important in energy work. And I think a lot of people forget that. And so they say their name. I see them. I give them a big hello. And I'm honoring just their vibrancy of who they are. And then I start to look at all the crap that's in their space, you know, Mm -hmm, everything mm -hmm. they're bogged down with. 99% of all healing is just seeing. So me just putting language to what I'm seeing, oftentimes I'm putting words to things that they've felt, but they've never had the language for. So I'm going to give you an example. Me saying, okay, your fifth chakra right at your throat right now, there's a lot of being misunderstood. There's a lot of an experience of people around you being committed to misunderstanding you. I'm just kind of picking something silly. But that would be, in that moment, something that person could relate to. Then they would tell me the story. Mm -hmm. They'd say, oh, yeah, you know, I feel like my husband and I just cannot hear each other. Um, and so it doesn't matter how many different ways I say it. I just am not heard. It's like, cool, that's energy we can work with. So as you start to move that energy, just with the acknowledgement, it's uncomfortable. You know, the person's sitting there and they're kind of like, ah, their heart's racing. They're feeling a lot of things. And Mm -hmm. then it gets out of their space enough that it's like, literally like the wildfires clearing up and having blue sky. It's like suddenly they can breathe and they can have some movement and some clarity. And we just work on like bit by bit by bit. And by the end of the call, people feel incredibly better. They just feel like more like themselves is probably Mm -hmm. the best way to say it. And I have a hundred percent confidence that we can do that even when someone is having a really hard life, you know, and and I don't come in saying, you're going to feel great after this session, even though your dog (laughs) just died, you know, but it's It's Mm -hmm. like I can sit there and go, yeah, if you're willing to sit in the discomfort with me for this whole hour or 30 minutes or whatever we have, I promise you by the end of it, you're going to be feeling lighter. And it works every single time if that person's willing to sit in that discomfort.
1: That's really powerful work. And it reminds me so much of something someone once said to me of it's about filling yourself back up with your own energy mm. and filling you back up with your own life force and removing the people, the things, uh, the worries that may not even belong to you. Often, I think we pick up on things that that are not ours and then we make it ours because it feels so familiar. Um, so it really sounds through your work. You really help people. um, maybe put a voice or a name to those blocks or those energies that discomfort, Um, maybe it's something that's holding them back or or really just isn't their own in their, in their space, in their energy space and really restoring them to, to who
0: they are, to their, to, to
1: their own energy.
0: That's beautiful. Absolutely. It's that discernment and differentiation and then suddenly you feel better. Yeah. Have you
1: found, I guess maybe both for yourself, but also for those you work with that, Um, understanding this, understanding how energy moves, how it presents itself in the body or in different relationships um, and how we can really, you know, through working with with you or anybody Mm -hmm. or even on our own, you know, remove those blocks and, and those difficulties. Have you found a sense of empowerment that comes with it and an understanding energy that there's this there's a real sense of empowerment that comes
0: along with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I teach a class, I have this thing called the ABC collection, and it's basically just how to understand your energy field and kind of understand what all the dials do, (laughs) you know, like on the dashboard, (laughs) like, okay, this button is this, that button's that. And people who, it's three classes in one. So A is that discernment, understanding how energy moves, you know, how can I like put a boundary up and not have to think about this person all day long like I was talking about at the beginning. Um, and then B is more like, how do I work in someone's space and also not lose my vital life force energy? And then C is clairvoyance. But just the A class, people just sign up and they they don't even go on to the other two. They just go, oh, I'm just going to do this one. I get letters all the time of people saying mm-hmm. like, people who have sometimes been working with me for 20 years that have never thought to take a class that suddenly are like, okay, I'm going to try it. And they're just like, I have been wasting my money. I should have just taken this class (laughs) and learned to do it myself because, oh my gosh, that ability, because we're not taught, right? It's really native medicine. It's indigenous information. No matter what your race is or what part of the world you're from, all of us have indigenous roots. And that indigenous root was connected to the earth, understood that Uh, We could expand our field or contract our field. It's when we were hunting and we were living on the land that we understood how to move through a space. And we've forgotten that. Kids know about Mm. it. Kids are super psychic and intuitive. When people are like, what do I do to help my child be intuitive? I'm like, well, maybe learn from them because (laughs) they already have that information in their field. They haven't forgotten, they haven't learned to forget it yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and you don't just have to take my class. I mean, anytime you meditate, you're beginning to understand who you are in the space and the beginning and end of your energy field. Just even downloading an app and listening for 10 minutes to a guided meditation. I
1: I love that because what you just shared reminds me a lot about grounding and like grounding yourself back into the earth um, using those kinds of practices to be able to then tune back into yourself. Yep. Um, often, I think we're so much on this like autopilot of this like, go, go, go. And we lose that sense of, wait, what do I feel? What do I think? What feels good to me? And if you can take a few moments to, to ground yourself, and sometimes that could be, you know, literally putting your feet um, barefoot in the earth, mm-hmm. or it could be a different practice that feels good to you, like maybe journaling or going on a long walk could be whatever allows you to feel, to tune back into, into yourself, um, to hear, to hear yourself. And it's that process of remembering again. I love what you said that children haven't learned to forget (laughs) because I think that is so true. We hit a certain like age in our lives. Like, I don't know what it is, maybe seven, eight or nine, maybe even earlier. And you know, you forget, you forget, all of these things, whether it's about uh, energy or the soul or how we're all connected. And you really like attune yourself to being here on earth, which I think means you forget all of those things. And then you maybe have a time in your life where you get to tune back into it and you get to remember it. Um, but I think what you shared
0: is, is just so interesting. It's an act of courage to do what you're saying, you know, to sort yes, of like yeah. put down the device or go out like it's it's even if you did it for two seconds you just went out there and because I think sometimes people get in their head like oh you know I'm really addicted to my computer so I can't like just go walk on the earth or something like and you're you're just like if you just did it for a second that would be Mm -hmm. awesome I mean I like when I have a person who's trying to quit smoking that's like my favorite I'm like wow, so you really like to meditate and focus on your breath. And they're just like, what? No, I smoke cigarettes. I'm like, right. (laughs) So your permission level to go take some time for yourself is connected to that cigarette. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go outside and smoke a cigarette. I mean, think about it. It's so unpopular these days, at least here in the Mm -hmm. US, that it's like, oh, okay, go have some time for yourself. No, you're not going to get joined as much, (laughs) right? So you have this time to yourself. You're focusing on your breath, the in and the out. And then you come back in. And so if you can tie that to something healthy, that would be awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Talk about a
1: game changer to to be able to redirect that and, and refocus it. I would love to talk to you a little bit about, I think, another form of healing. Um, and that's really the sense of healing and I think empowerment and understanding that comes from working with our past lives. And so I would love to talk to you about this because I don't think we've really had a conversation yet on the podcast about past lives and and how by understanding them, um, I, at least I feel if we understand our past lives, even one of them, it can have such a direct impact on how we navigate this life, yeah, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So if someone is new to past lives work, sure. um, where, where is a good place to start in kind of explaining
0: what it is? Totally. So past lives are super popular, right? Because they're kind of like So exciting. And it's something you don't know about yourself that maybe an intuitive can tell you. So that's like really awesome. So you Mm -hmm. can totally sign up for with one of our team members and just be that could be your first question. I want to talk about my past lives oftentimes what we'll see is what's relevant in the moment. So we Mm -hmm. tend to not go looking for past lives unless they're relevant in some way. And if you ask, we will, we will hunt, we will hunt some past life imagery (laughs) and be like, okay, there's this one, this one, and this one. And so I would say, first off, if you know you have kind of like a funny thing about yourself, like you're super afraid or phobic about something that's just extreme, oftentimes that comes from a past life experience. And I'm going to give you some kind of words. We're going to talk about persecution pictures. We're going to talk about death pictures. These are things from past lives that sort of imprint a level of terror. And so it can Mm -hmm. create a phobia in this lifetime. So that's usually where that originates from. And so you get a lot of people that have been working psychologically with their therapists on something for a very long time, trying to get to the root of, well, okay, it makes me feel out of control and all these things. And that's so therapeutic and totally has its value. But when you can connect it to a past life, suddenly that person isn't fixing it anymore. They're just like, oh, Mm -hmm. right. Some part of me remembers that happened. And that was then. And this is now. And so what I do with the client is bring them into present time. I say, "Okay, we're going to clear that past life. And it's just the acknowledgement of that life. And then we're going to go ahead and just show the body where you really are, which is 2020 or whatever year it is. And this is the place you live, the geography. And then it solidifies that healing. So believing in past lives, you know, you can even get a past life healing if you don't believe in the past lives. But this is kind of my take it's that we're not really supposed to be reincarnating. I think when we landed on the planet initially, (laughs) sorry, my puppy, (laughs) when we landed on the on the planet initially, um, we fractured a bit. And we came here to have lessons, to basically have experiences and then take it back to divine source and sort of evolve the core of who we are as beings. So we go, we break off into pieces. We have this information, this information that we get, and then we come back and deliver that home in a way. So it would be like the committee, right? The committee does some research it comes back and communicates that. And so what ends up happening is If we could stay whole, then we wouldn't have to keep kind of going back to get these parts of ourselves. But we've had trauma in these past lives. We've had Mm -hmm. a lot of difficulty in these past lives. We've had persecution. So if you look at the history of the planet, it's like, there are these incredible moments of war and persecution that are just all encompassing. We have the burning of the witches that went on for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And so, and we have slavery and all these things, servitude. So we have that impact and trauma, whether we were the oppressor or we were being oppressed. A lot of people like to think all their past lives are, they're just being victimized or they're all Queens and Kings. Mm -hmm. And a lot Mm -hmm. of it is a lot of boring scullery stuff. And a lot of it is, (laughs) um, is being an oppressor. You know, I have plenty of people who come and they remember having been a Nazi or something horrible. And they're like, I remember that and I am traumatized by the choices I made in that lifetime and I need to um bring some balance to that. I have to and not you know like it's not punitive, it's not about punishing yourself now but it's like I know I need to advocate for what the right is mm. in the world.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I th- I find past lives to be so so interesting and and through my work over the years I've had I've worked with healers who have shared with me past lives and I've even had moments where I've seen my own and I've found in in those moments when it presents itself it presents itself for a very specific purpose yeah it's a purpose of to better understand like you were saying you know something that you're experiencing in the moment or to understand the the fear or the choices that you've made in this lifetime, uh, maybe why you never wanted to go on a stage or yeah. how you were afraid to speak up in front of people because of maybe something that happened to you, to your soul, really previously in another lifetime. And so I'm curious. Because that, this is something I've always thought about. But if you feel maybe a connection to a certain place or yes. a certain person, Boom. Um, exactly, is that due in part to like a past life? Like, let's say you, you don't even, you've never been there before, but you feel this pull. It could it be in part because of that connection.
0: It's probably 100% because of that connection, because there's something you remember So there's Mm -hmm. a memory that you're having. Like a lot of people who like Americans who've lived in North America only go to Europe and are like, I'm walking on these cobblestone streets and I like know where to turn. I know where to go. And I'm (laughs) like, well, why did you pick that place to vacation? It's so interesting. So um I'm right now I'm reading a book called Um The Long Walk Home by Will North. And he's this, this author. It's a sweet little romantic, you know, Welsh country novel. And he, as an author, feels connected to the UK and he was born in Mm. the US. And so he, his whole, all of his writing is from there. I'm like, dude, you've totally lived there before. There's no way around.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. That's so fascinating. Cause I find, I find for a lot of us, we, we have these instinctual things that we're really excited about, but no way to really explain it. Um, So I think past lives could help, could really help in explaining
0: that. And don't worry about proof right? So I have mm-hmm. a lot of people who come to see me that don't believe in me. That's my favorite kind of person. Cause I love mm-hmm. working with them and watching them shift and change and be like, Oh, okay. Well, I don't know how you would know that. Right. And so yeah, I'm just saying that as a blanket of like, don't worry about proof. If you have an inkling, like, I think I lived here before. That is real. That is absolutely mm-hmm. real. If you're like, I saw this person it happens a lot with soulmates it happens a lot with like that kindred spirit where you're like I just saw them and I knew something I feel that connection with my wife um mm-hmm. I remember I was in a really dark place I was married at the time it was a horrible experience I was desperately trying to get out of it and I remember thinking to myself now when is, have you ever had a relationship where you felt safe and I remembered this partner when I was 19 I was like that person, I want someone from that soul family. I that There was like a type of medicine that that person ran in their body that mm-hmm. was a protector, that was healthy masculine energy. That's what I want. And I just made that call. And I would say, that's my past life group. That's my family, my soul family that we've embodied over and over and over. And when I met my wife, who was a client at the time, I went out into the hallway to greet her. I was, I instantly recognized her, and it made me mm-hmm. think of this person that I had been with that was in male form. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. Mm-hmm. And, Of course, I felt nothing for her because she was a client, but it was a recognition. It was like, oh, I know you. I think you're from that soul family. Of course, having Mm. forgotten, I made that that ask. (laughs) And then when I was in the throes of passion with this person who was then becoming a friend and a cohort and all these things, and I was like, oh my gosh, I remember calling that past life person, that cohort back to my realm and there we are mm. we found each other so mm. I think when you feel could you could feel that for like the clerk at the store you know it's like if you have a moment where you're like something's passing here there's oftentimes a reason for it that's past life connection. It's not the first time you've met that Mm -hmm. person. That's beautiful. I love that story. I love that story
1: (laughs) because I also think it brings into this notion of you are co-creating your experience here. And so you do have the power to ask for, to call in uh, what, what, what you want, what you need, what will help to not only heal, but also allow you to to thrive and to keep moving forward. And so I love this story because it's such a beautiful, I think, combination of that sense of co-creation of, of being, you know, like my grandma says this all the time, but like the pilot of your own plane and combining that, you know, with, with past lives. They are, they're, they're, they crack me up. Um, But I want to ask you this, you know, for anyone who wants to start to understand this connection to their past lives or or maybe begin to to work with their past lives because I think at the other on the other side of of this awareness and this understanding is a sense of closure and also a sense of like you can close that chapter on that book and live in the here and now. So yeah, any tips or advice or yes. words of wisdom, I think for anybody that sort of wants to to
0: begin totally. this work? So When you're reading, you can just use a container to read in. So you can use a flower imagery, you know, just imagine a flower in front of you as your container. And then that container, you could call up the past life that you're trying to read in the container. You could say, okay, close your eyes, imagine a rose imagine a globe of light, whatever you want it to be, could be a crystal ball. And then you say, okay, divine source or higher self, please show me a past past life that's relevant to what I'm going through now. And it will be like a a point of light, like a pinpoint, and you'll start to Mm. get like imagery and you might see clothing, which would lead to a time period. Um, You might see a face, you might see colors. Um, so you could do that if you weren't super freaked out, you know, if you're like scared and freaked out, don't do that. But if you're like, Oh, I'm just kind of curious. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you could sort of recognize the images. You could write them down. You could kind of tell, retell the story a bit. And just that acknowledgement really is enough that happened. It's naturally going to create a healing. We have a past life body. That flips open behind us. It kind of looks like angel wings when it's open. And oftentimes what I spend time doing is closing that past life body down because people will sort of accidentally like tripwire, they'll pop it open when they're hmm. having an experience. And it's like, almost like that closet that you shoved everything in and they open it and everything falls on you. It's almost disorganized. And so a lot of, you know, kind of having a guide like us at Lotus Lantern is that it's an opportunity for someone to see if that has popped open and to help you Mm -hmm. close it up. And you can just, if you have a feeling, you're like, I think this might've opened up because now I'm freaked out. I'm thinking about, you know, earthquakes or whatever it is that I'm, that I know is a past life for me. You can sort of sit there and ask the pictures to come all the way through to process them. And then you can close it and you can just ask it. You could stick your hands out behind yourself. Like you're holding your wings open and then you could gently close it. And then it clicks at the top. Kind of like a um, Asian fan would click at the top and latch. If you ever played with mm-hmm. that when you were a kid, so I'm just giving you some like actual anatomy structure of where it lives. We find that people who are having a lot of passive trauma, it could be like me- look like mental health stuff. That's mm. one of the things. If I have someone having like a a break, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm not myself. I can't think. I can't function. We'll look and see if that's open. Just at Lotus Lantern, that's one of our tricks. And so closing that suddenly the person's like ah, I can breathe and I'm going to the store and I'm buying milk and I'm not getting these weird images or flashes because it will come for people as images or flashes. So a safe way to do it is put in a container, take a look at it because then it's kind of on the TV screen.
1: And if Mm -hmm. you feel
0: like you're bombarded, then definitely get some help because it literally just takes a couple seconds to close that up. And then the person feels more kind of in charge of their central nervous Mm -hmm. system.
1: That's so interesting. Just the different ways that those past lives imagery or messages can sort of present themselves to different people um, in different moments. And, what you just shared, I think is so interesting and such a good practice, I think, for people to try, like you shared in a safe way, in a contained way. Um, and then if it sort of spills over, you know, to please contact you and somebody on your team. Yeah. Or uh, even help, say, okay, help guys, it.
0: Liliana said something in the podcast about a, a past life body. Can you help me close? <laughs> you know, you can even just wing it <laughs> if you need to, but literally, you know, yeah, there you go. <laughs> literally wing it. Yes. I love that. I'm, I'm curious, have you
1: found that, does everyone have the same number of past lives or um, does it depend maybe on, how for lack of a better phrase, is. yeah, I was going to say how developed the soul is and how old the soul is. Yeah,
0: and actually looking at, um, I really like looking at your path, your life path numbers. So just take in your um, birth date and you just add every single one of the numbers up. It's kind of like a simple form of math, just plus, 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 plus. plus. Um, like I'm a 36. And so if you take three and six, that's nine. So I'm a 36, nine. So I'm at the completion period, sort of like the end of my lifetimes, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm gone next time because you could be a nine for a while. So there's almost like categories that a person is working that level one numerology, that number two numerology, that number three numerology. And you can kind of Google this stuff and do some research on your own. Yeah, But But you could be, it's not like just everyone has nine lives, like a cat, you know, it's like, actually, (laughs) you could be hanging out in four for a while, because you're trying to figure something out. For me, Mm -hmm. it's completion. So when my life sucks, which oftentimes it does, because I've had so many things that I've done, so many traumas, so many crises, so many losses, I just remind myself, girl, you're in the number nine, which is completion. So I think you just wanted to do everything this lifetime. And then I'm like, just so you know, (laughs) divine source, I'm good If I have to come back a couple more times, I'm down. I don't need any more difficulties. (laughs) Because like I've learned a lot of lessons, but I'd also
1: like to learn and experience more joy. So can I come
0: back? I'd like to be bored now. That would be great. Could I do boring? (laughs) Like, let's just get into neutral gear. Because you can actually change your contract once you're here. I mean, I have a lot of people that, you know, they feel suicidal or they don't want to be here anymore. They're bored to tears, whatever it is. I'm like, you're just missing your your next chapter. So let's just Mm. bring in that next chapter. Let's set an intention for something. I don't think you thought you'd live this long, right? So you have kind Mm -hmm. of like you're at the end and you feel listless. Let's change that agreement. What would you like to do next? What is the energy Mm -hmm. that you'd like to bring in? So we can actually, with this, kind of creative thinking. I think people get really like dead-ended, like, oh God, I'm a number nine and my life is just going to be hard. I'm like, what's the workaround for that? (laughs) Yeah. I'd like to speak to the manager. I'd like to speak (laughs) to the manager.
1: Yes. And I think it brings me back to what we were talking about at the very beginning about perspective, about how can you shift this for yourself? How can you look at it a different way? What can you bring in um, that will you know, add a little flavor maybe to to your life and what you're experiencing. Maybe yeah. it's more joy, maybe it's more connection. Um I love that. I gotta speak to the manager.
0: Excuse me, sir, <laughs> ma'am.
1: I have a complaint.
0: Life on <laughs> Earth here is a little tricky. It's a little tricky. And and I
1: think that's such a good way to kind of summarize, I think, this conversation too, that that life is tricky and right now more than ever, it's really tricky. Um and so kind of pulling in this whole, what we talked about at the beginning, about compassion and perspective um, for yourself in, in uncertain times and, and not letting or not having guilt or shame consume you. And on top of that, then using energy and energy work and uh, the healing that comes from tr- uh, past lives to sort of allow us to find a way to navigate through that trickiness, to yeah. navigate through that instability, um, because you'll have moments even within instability where you'll have some stability within that instability. I'm saying, how could I say that like 10 times (laughs) fast? But I think that's true. You know, you'll have moments where it feels calmer, but it's still unstable. And so I think it's about making the most of what it is you're experiencing, recognizing it for what it is
0: and allowing yourself to grow too within it. Absolutely. I love you weaving in the past life into this because you know, there's a lot of astrologers that are like 2020 is like the revolutionary war. And it's like, we've Mm. all, we all have past lives with war. Like we can all feel the the intensity, you know, even if we're safe in our homes and we don't have COVID and we don't have wildfires, like you can still feel that tension. And so we're kind of needing to draw from clearing out the trauma and really getting focused on the solution. How can we Mm -hmm. make things better for ourselves and each other?
1: hmm Clearing out the trauma. And also, I think part of that might be even using the trauma, mm. using the fear and the uncertainty yes. in a way that propels you. Um, for lack of a better word, maybe that's productive. I don't love saying productive because I think there's such a intense connotation around that word, but making it so that it allows you to grow rather than feel that sense of paralysis, um, allows you to, uh, show up in a way that is positive and good and healing for you rather than than being harmful. Uh, Because you're right. I think a lot of the trauma that we're experiencing feels so familiar because it is, either because you have experienced it in this lifetime or in lifetimes past. Um, And so recognizing that, I think
0: even just the awareness of recognizing that is really is a big part of it. Absolutely. And you can see that with the Black Lives Matter movement, where it's like people are taking to the streets and they're using that pain. They're using Mm -hmm. that frustration. I'm 20% indigenous. My DNA is 20% indigenous and 80% colonizer. So I have to manage that within myself Mm. of, you know, is Spanish – Our native tongue. No, it's not. I don't know what indigenous tongue I had before. So, using that pain to look around and elevate people and elevate myself and talk about the pain that we're in, using that discomfort to be active and to make change in the Mm. world. Beautiful. Like literally, mic drop,
1: (laughs) because you're right. Using that pain, using our pain, the collective pain, and also. Acknowledging and recognizing the pain in another it goes back to what you were saying earlier. Don't dismiss it. Don't question it. It is their pain. It is their experience. And and so, allowing ourselves and allowing others to express that and to feel it uh, and to move through it, we will we will see the other side. Um, but I think for so long, so many have been stifled and quieted and dismissed. Yes. And your pain is not real. And I think that comes from not acknowledging our own pain first. So it's just a very interesting time and very interconnected. And there will be, I, I'm, i sometimes I feel like I'm way too optimistic, but I really do think there will be joy and peace and harmony and all the things we crave um on the other side of, of all of this. It's just going to take some time and it's going to take some some burning down to rebirth, I think, and very interesting timing with the wildfires oh, yeah. right now,
0: too. Yeah, I mean, I think optimism is needed. So, I think mm-hmm. if you are going to be optimistic, I might need that. All right. <laughs> so, do it, girl. Do I, will, it. I will keep the optimism train going. <laughs> Liliana,
1: this has been so, such a powerful conversation, and I'm so grateful. Not only that you came on the podcast, but for the direction the conversation went because there is so much healing in understanding one another's pain and understanding one another's trauma and also understanding our own trauma and respecting it and respecting um, ourselves and others enough to give space to voice it. Um, so I can't thank you enough for coming on the oh my podcast.
0: Gosh. Thanks for having me. That's awesome. Yeah. But
1: before we go, um, I got to ask you the question I ask everybody that comes on the show. And uh, that is, what is your biggest dream? Mm,
0: What is my biggest dream? My biggest dream is to have... My own land, acres and acres of land, where I mm-hmm. can do permaculture and I can be part of that collective healing that the earth needs I'm doing that in my neighborhood in my little teeny tiny plot of land. I got rid of my front yard, but I feel like there' every we everyone needs to start doing permaculture, so I'm using that as an example, like I see myself mm-hmm. as a healer and intuitive, and I teach classes and all that, but like my evening job <laughs> is. All the earth restoration that we're doing in the neighborhood we live in and on the plot of land where our neighbor's soil is shit and they can't grow anything, but mm-hmm. ours isn't because we've been restoring the earth and everyone needs to go out and restore the earth. So that's my biggest dream is that me and everyone listening <laughs> heals the soil and heals the earth. Mm, I love it. And we all play a role
1: in in restoring our planet and in ensuring that we have this planet, uh, for many, many more generations to come. So Liliana, just thank you so much again. This was so much fun. Where can everybody find you, uh, connect and, and learn more, book a session,
0: all of the good things. Yeah. We're at lotuslantern.org and the, that metaphor of the Lotus and the Lantern, that kind of wisdom, and then the light of the Lantern to guide you in dark times. So lotuslantern.org I hardly send out newsletters anymore on my email list. So Instagram is where to find the latest (laughs) stuff. And that's also Lotus Lantern on Instagram. Thank you so much, Sydney. You're the best. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. This
1: this has been great. And everything's going to go in the show notes. It'll be so easy for everybody to find you. And uh, oh, I'm so excited
0: to share this. Thank you, love. Have an awesome day.